Hello, everybody. Molly here. Welcome to Toddler Purgatory. Hey, hey, I'm Blair. Welcome to and hey. back. <laughs> back to Toddler Purgatory. Back to this podcast. We're happy that you're here. Today, we're talking about something that Blair and I talk about uh, 92% of our friendship. For sure. Which is mom mistakes. And I say mom, if you are not a mom, if you're a caretaker, a grandparent, a dad... This one's for you, too. But as a sort of umbrella statement, we're going to call them mom mistakes or parenting mistakes. And specifically, how we can help our kids through them and how we can, for lack of a better phrase, like rebound from them, like get over them, move on from them. Because y'all, that's what I get caught in. I get caught. My ankles get caught in the swampy mire of guilt. Yeah. Of, you know, we jokingly say on toddler purgatory, you know, I I broke them. I broke my child. Broke them. Can't be fixed. Can't be fixed. But of course... Most things can be. We're going to be all right. But it is that steeped in that, oh gosh, that guilt, that mom guilt. After you make a mistake that you assume nobody else is making. Yeah. Like it is such an island, right? You're the only one doing this and no one can concur. Relate. Yeah. Yep. Forget it. I am fully breaking my child every day and no one knows that, what that feels like. Because no one else is doing it. Everyone else is the perfect (laughs) parent. But we're here to tell you. Mom mistakes are a part of motherhood. Parent mistakes are a part of parenthood. And we need to stop beating ourselves up about it. True. Blair, I told you this the other day. I woke up at 2.30 in the morning, the middle of the night, usually because I got to pee. <laughs> and I got up and peed, but usually I can get back to sleep fairly easily. Mm-hmm. I was up until I got up at 6 o'clock in the morning. Like, I just was up. And the reason why mm-hmm. is because this was just a couple days ago. I was not my, the best mom when my kid got home from school. We're a couple days back from vacation and holidays and traveling and all this other stuff. I see now from my, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. I see now that it's because we were both totally burnt out, totally adjusting yep. to getting back into our routine, which means an earlier wake up and an earlier bedtime, I'd like to point out. Yep. You know, it feels a lot like those first few days to a week after you come back from summer vacation. Yes. It's a real adjustment. It's hard. You have to make, and we forget mom mistake. We forget that we have to a have the cushion and the grace for ourselves, and the forgiveness for ourselves and others. I forget it every time. Yes, every time. Because in the moment, it's too hot. It's way too hot. It's too hot that the burning of the impatience, the burning of the irritation, yeah, or the burning of the to do list of the million things that you have to do besides make room to get to bed earlier, to give them a little bit more lax so that they can ease into their morning. I got too much on my plate. I got too much to think about. Yeah, I know. I get it. Yeah, I can't. I don't have time for this. And any slowdown because of emotions, because of dragging feet, because of procrastinating on their part sends me right over the edge. Forget it. Come on, let's go. Let's go. I said, let's go. I said, let's go four times. Oh, really? Get your shoes on. How many times do I have to say it? Yep. And then they literally count. Well, you said it um, one. <laughs> I'm like, don't count. <laughs> You're like, why are you taking the time to count? <laughs> oh, yes. It's hard. And I got to the point where, and of course, there's always the other things too, you know, hunger, fatigue, etc. Mm-hmm. So I got to the point where I got to dinner and I, and I did end up being able to step back from our situation and realize, especially in one particular instance where I really wasn't listening to him. I wasn't listening. And I also, frankly, didn't care what he was saying. (laughs) Not because I didn't love him, but because it was stopping me from being able to get to whatever I needed to get to, right? Yep. Ah, man. Yeah, it was not a... I wouldn't call it a parent-fail day because there is no failing. There's only doing it right or learning. And it was a big learning day for me. Mm -hmm. 
And I think part of that now, two days later, and I think in the moment I was able to, is I just had to like forgive myself. Yeah. And also keep Blair on the phone, on the pod <laughs> yesterday for 20 minutes talking about it. <laughs> Which helps too. When you, you know, because sometimes you and your partner are both going through it. Yep. You know, and sometimes you just like, when you just like dump it on each other, just like, I can't help you. <laughs> you know, If we're both drowning. You can't help you. Yeah, this isn't working. This isn't a raft that's floating. Yeah, Jack isn't always going to have the door for Rose. No, mm-mm, not in this house. There's no door when you're both drowning. Mm-mm. So it's nice to have like someone you can, you know, bump your mistakes mm-hmm. off of or, you know, talk about because it really does kind of alleviate the pressure that the immense pressure that you know, we put on ourselves for sure. Yeah. So it's, yeah, from you, I got not just commiseration, but also perspective. Remember I, at one point yesterday when I was telling you about it, I was like, wait a minute, what am I talking about? Mm-hmm. It was day two back from vacay or whatever. Yeah. Why didn't I think of this before? Yeah. Because my mind was clouded with emotions, with my immediate emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm always thinking the mistakes that I make, the constant phew, feels like mistakes that I make, like what are the long-term effects that they're having on my children? Of course. Like, I'm thinking that constantly. Like, whenever I do make a mistake or whenever I, like, flub up or something, or whenever it's, like, brought back to my attention, a mistake that I made and it's brought back to me or it's thrown back at me, I'm like, oh, like, what is this doing? Like, is this going to be part of what they're talking to their therapist about 25 years from now? (laughs) You know? I think the same thing when I look at my son's, if he has challenges with anything, Mm -hmm. he has like what I hope aren't anxiety issues, but he does get like nervous. Mm -hmm. And I think, oh, is that because of us? Mm -hmm. Like, what did we do wrong? Is it because of tension in our relationship? Is it because I came down on him hard about something? Is it because he can't trust himself anymore because I blank? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, like, I'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) You'll you'll never know. Because they are them. They came out them. There's like certain parts to them that we actually have nothing to do with. It's just yes, who they are. But I forget that because I feel like I'm molding this child from ground up. Yes. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think the majority of the time we could really forgive ourselves and really let it go. Yeah. Because ultimately they're going to be who they are. And we're all doing okay. The fact that you're all listening to this episode means that you're doing amazing. Yeah. Because you care enough to try and be a better parent. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you. So we're all doing okay. Let's just get that out of the way right away. And the second thing we're going to do, the thing we're going to look at during this is how can we make better our mistake repair cycle? So we're going to figure that out. Yeah, I know. That phrase is killer. And I think that came from, I read this article from PWCBoulder.com. PWC is the Postpartum Women's Center of Boulder. And their founder, director, and senior therapist, Kate Kripke, had some great things to say. She said, making mistakes in parenting can build strong attachments and a strong sense of self for your child as he or she grows up. Okay. That seems contradictory. It seems like if you make a mistake, you must be screwing up. Right. But no, it's like falling down and having your kids see you fall down and get back up, even if it's admitted or not, it's healthy for them to see. Yes. Exactly. She says it means that the mom who makes mistakes is sending the message that mistakes are part of being human. Mm-hmm. We all make them all the time. When And conversely, when we suggest to our children that mistakes are bad, we set them up for a lot of suffering. And she says, and dare I say therapy, ding, 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 <laughs> later is. on. Yeah, it's really interesting. And she talks a lot about how modeling how to handle our own mistakes mm-hmm. is a big part of teaching our children how to handle theirs. 
right? Yeah. So she says, learn to forgive yourself for the mistakes you make, big or small. Yeah. That's really important. I feel like I do, but now that I'm like... Thinking about it? Oh, yeah. Like now that I'm thinking about... Like just when I make like dumb errors in my, you know, like if I just do something like randomly Mm -hmm. make a mistake, I'll sometimes like say to myself, oh, dummy. Oh, (laughs) me too. (gasps) And now I'm thinking like, they're watching me. Mm -hmm. There's a mistake. There's a mistake and a mistake. Right. But I don't even think of that. I don't think about it either. Oh, man. You know, the first time I heard about this sort of, I believe it was Big Little Feelings, the Instagram account, which I've mentioned before, they're really great. And they said something about narrating those moments. So Dr. Kripke says, remind yourself that you are human. Take a deep breath. Of course, literally take a deep breath came up 53 times in my research for this article. <laughs> she says, try an oops or a yikes rather than a, oh, I'm so stupid or what is wrong with me? As we've said on this pod, the voice that they hear come out of our mouths are the voices that are live inside their heads. Right. Of course. So she says, try an oops or a yikes instead and try to get over whatever it is. You spill milk, you, you stub your toe, whatever it is. And then Big Little Feelings says they narrate it. They go, oh, God, you know, something like whether it's when you make a mistake or you're feeling out of control with your feelings, say what's happening. Oh, wow. I can feel really frustrated that I can't get this not undone. I'm going to take a minute, take a deep breath. Oh, that feels better. So literally narrating what you're doing, your modeling, narrating as part of your modeling of what you're doing to get control of your emotions, to forgive yourself for your own mistake, etc. Mm. If that doesn't work for you, an oops or a yikes rather than a, oh, God, dumb. Molly, you're dumb. I say that to myself all the time. I go, oh, Molly, you're dumb. Uh, and, and I wonder why he says stuff like that. Yeah, I hear my son say, whoops, yikes. <laughs> oops, yikes. Yeah, if we've done that, if anybody listening has done the same thing as we have, which is kind of kicking yourself in the butt a little bit when you make various mistakes, big or small. One thing we'll take away from this is to try to change that story. Narrate how you get through it and forgive yourself and move forward or simply try saying a oops or a yikes rather than saying bad things about yourself. But I'm even thinking like in Molly and I were talking about earlier, I'm a little tired. I'm a little like on the tired side lately. And I'm thinking about the room I have, which is so limited that all I have right now is a oops or a yikes. That's like spelling it out for them or, you know, for myself in order for them to hear me. It seems like a lot. Yeah, then don't do it. But then not lean on the oops and the yikes. You can always go back to it. Yeah, totally. And also our capacity and our patience for those kinds of things changes on the daily, sometimes by the minute. <laughs> so do whatever feels right for you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. The other way we can model how to handle mistakes is when our kid makes a mistake. They say, hey, this just in. Take a deep breath. Before reacting. (laughs) Some people say count to three, and I think that's part of the deep breath. That's like taking a moment. Don't forget to remind your kid that all humans make mistakes. You can literally say that if you want to. Take a moment or two to get down at their level, look them in the eyes and tell them it's okay. And then after that moment, you can help to clean up if it's a spill or whatever, or, you know, you can deal with it in that moment. But first, we remind them that all humans make mistakes. They're part of a bigger group of people who make mistakes. They're not the only ones. Right. And then make sure that you get down at their level, look them in the eyes and make sure they hear you. It's okay. And then, yeah, and then you can help them clean up, figure out what that thing was and make a plan to avoid the same mistake in the future. But first, give them permission to be imperfect. Mm hmm. Always. You know what I'm also thinking, too, though, Molly? And we were talking about this just yesterday, too, is that the behaviors that they see in their peers. Yeah. 
you know, like when they're at school, because there's times where my sons come home and he's like repeated things or he's doing things that don't happen in my home. Right. Like we don't talk to ourselves like that. I don't say things like that. My husband doesn't say things like that. And I'm like, where'd you get that from? You know, so, you know, seeing how other kids react to making mistakes for them and what our kids see, it's like having to like figure that out, too. You know? Yeah, we're all navigating that. That's a good point. Whether your two-year-old goes to daycare, you know, one and a half-year-old, they're all learning from watching other kids and listening to other kids as they get older. So I think we just have to have the consistency and the repetition of making sure that we're always saying when they make mistakes that they hear our voice. I think that's part of getting down on their level and looking them in the eyes and holding their little hands Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, it's okay. Everybody make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. It's all good. And maybe they'll be that voice for their friends. Yeah. You know? True. Oh, I hope. I know. Modeling is stuff. We just have, I think it's all about consistency because they're going to be pulled in so many different directions as they get older. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) On that note, we'll be right back. (sighs) Stick around. It's January. And for me, that means New Year's resolutions. I don't know about you, but eating more healthy foods is always on the top of my goal list. Eating healthy is now easier with Hungry Root. And right now, Hungry Root is offering toddler purgatory listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Hungry Root makes it easy to eat healthy. They support all the major diets and lifestyles, including gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, dairy-free, low-carb, and others. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. I love that Hungry Root recommends recipes and groceries based on my taste. I like to take their suggestions, and I always love what I get. My favorite are their burritos. I can quickly heat up a burrito and have lunch with no hassle. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Toddler Purgatory listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash toddler. Don't forget to use our link so they'll know we sent you. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hi, everybody. We're back on Toddler Purgatory talking about mom or parenting mistakes and how we can Recover. Recover. Oops. Yikes. (laughs) And the biggest thing we've talked about so far is to one, realize you're part of a bigger group of parents, all of whom have made mistakes since the beginning of time. Thank you very much. Hmm. And B, in the heat of the moment, whatever your capacity is that day for dealing with your own mistakes or your kids' mistakes, first thing is to have a little perspective. Take a deep breath. (sighs) I just took one. Okay. There it is. It felt good. So in looking at what we can do when we ourselves make a mistake, we've already talked about the importance of modeling how we react when our kids make mistakes. But when we make mistakes, I looked at a couple of cool blogs. One is called iMom. The other is called Mom Life, Happy Life, and took a couple of tips from them as well as the Postpartum Women's Center of Boulder, which had some really great ideas as well. And they say, a sincere apology chisels out our pride. Ooh, pride. That's a big one. There it is. Makes amends for hurt we've caused 
communicates how much we love our children, and restores our relationship. I mean, there it is. I mean, that's like vulnerability packaged, delivered, and sent. Yes. You know, one of the blogs, I can't remember which one, mentioned try not to never talk about it again. Like, if you make a mistake, don't figure, oh, we've moved on, the kid's forgotten about it, whatever. Mm -hmm. It takes this opportunity to apologize (laughs) because it might still live under there and you might not see it or hear from it now, but you don't want to build on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that really stood out to me too because I think sometimes when I make a mistake, if I consider it small or if it seems like my son has moved on and whatever, because, you know, kids are fairly resilient. Sometimes they feel hurt or, you you know, you did something wrong and it's like a big deal in the moment. And then five minutes later, they seem okay. I think you're the one, Blair, who said to me, like, you can always bring it up later. Like, it's never too late. It's never too late. No. Yeah. So try to do it as, you know, as soon as you can after your mistake, but also when tensions and emotions aren't as hot, you might be able to see it more clearly. Yeah. And I also think that my husband actually mentioned this to me yesterday because I have a real hot button when it comes to doing homework. Mm -hmm. And this just in, so did my parents when doing homework with me, you know? So it's just like, it's kind of like, you know, so... I get frustrated. I get sometimes I get a little like stringent, a little bit irritated. And my husband came in to help me, you know, alleviate my stress. And he said, you know, it's important now, like this, like zero to six, like these are the moments right now. These are the years to really follow through on being aware and cognizant of our behaviors and how we're communicating things to them. And he's like, that goes for like when you're working with him with his homework, you know, just be a little bit more patient. Take a breath. This just mm-hmm. doesn't work when you're doing homework. And then also coming back to it. So like today, I had a night last night, so I'm, I couldn't get back to it. But I think today when we do homework, I'm going to say to him, you know, I apologize for how angry I got. I'm going to apologize. And I'm just going to say, I got to work on it, you know, and you can call me out when I'm being that way. I need to give him the power and the ability to be like, yo, mom, you can't act like that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I have to be able to... Or, yeah, give him the tools. Mom, when you talk to me that way, it makes me feel blank. Exactly. Yeah. Don't make this mistake again, mom. <laughs> hey, mom, you're walking a fine line right now. Real fine line, mom. Might want to back it up. My son would say that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> He's six going on 36. He'd be like, hey, mom, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, when we sat down and had dinner a couple nights ago and I had a tough time with him... I realized that he had had three snacks mm-hmm. and I refused to give him a fourth because it was 10 minutes before we were eating stuffed shells. And I said, D, I can't give you another snack. And he cried. He was also, we were both having an emotional day, as I mentioned, particularly him. He goes to tears pretty quickly. And he started to cry and said, but I'm starving, but I'm starving. <laughs> and he's also fairly dramatic. We're a big dramatic family. And I said something I've never said before. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Are you going to starve to death? Are you going to die? Are you going to die? That's right. (laughs) I know that's right. (laughs) And he just stopped crying for a second. He goes, well, no. And I go, then you need to give me 10 minutes to get the shells on the table. (laughs) And then we get the shells on the table. He wolfs down the shells. He wolfs down broccoli. He drinks all his milk. And I looked at him and I went, and I thought to myself, now that I had perspective, because I ate, I said, oh my gosh, he's probably in a growth spurt. He's probably, yeah, the first thing he had said when he got home was, mom, I ate all my lunch and my snacks, which is pretty rare. Usually has like half of a half of a sandwich left. He didn't open his blueberry Tupperware, whatever. Mm -hmm. 
And he said that, and I kind of filed it away, and he had his three snacks, his Go-Gurt and his pear and his whatever, mozzarella cheese. And I was like, oh, no, he didn't have Go-Gurt and mozzarella cheese. It's two dairies. He had whatever. And <laughs> bag of popcorn. <laughs> anyway, I'm telling you all this to say yep. sometimes there's a lot going on. So the first thing is that you have to ditch the guilt. <sighs> ditch it. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Right, fine. Bye, guilt. Get out of here, Gil. Goodbye. The doctor from the postpartum women's center says, it is destructive to you and your child. It's quick. And then another blog said, it's quicksand. I love that analogy of the guilt is quicksand. So get yourself out of it as soon as you can. Mm. <sighs> yeah, it takes you. It really does. It takes you, it strangles you, and you can get buried underneath it for sure. And then you can't be there for your kid. And you can't be there. You can't be there. And then they're looking at you like, where are you? And you're buried fully. Oh, man. It sucks. So... <laughs> First thing when you're apologizing, sincerity is the key. We've talked about this on the pod before. Kids know when you're not, when you don't mean what you're saying. Yeah. They know it. Doesn't matter how old they are. One years old, two years old, five years old. They know it. Mm -hmm. They sense it. They're good. God, they're good. They're good. They're little sponges. They're little sponges. <laughs> so you apologize sincerely. You let them know that it makes sense that they're angry or disappointed or maybe sad because of something you did. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. What they're feeling is not invalid. Yeah. Right. And then remind them that you will do your part in making sure that it doesn't happen again or on a regular mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. And that you might slip up. Yeah. She's almighty. I might slip up. Everybody makes mistakes. It might happen again. I hope it doesn't. I'm going to do the best I can to make sure it doesn't. Right. Yeah. And then one of the blogs suggested, and I think this is up to you, mm. but they suggested this was um, I mom, I believe they said, maybe find a way with them if they're old enough. And if not to make it right. Maybe that's an extra mom snuggle time. Maybe it's going for a walk around the block, just you and them. Maybe it's bringing them out for ice cream. Maybe it's just a big hug. But they said, resist the urge to buy them a toy. That's a vicious circle. Good call, dudes. Good call. Yeah, don't do that. And also, I feel like for this, it's like for big mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. There's a lot. I feel like my life with my children is like little tiny mistakes that just add up. And then I have the occasional, like the homework thing, like sometimes when I get like really angry and frustrated and can't use my words properly. Yeah. I feel like that's a big mistake. I can see like making it right then, but these little tiny mistakes, we can't be going around the block. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just that extra hug. Connect with them. The hundreds of mistakes I'd be making every day. It'd be marathon. Guess we're going around the block again. It'd be miles. We'd be clocking miles. Get your Fitbit, son. You know, maybe it is just a <laughs> hug for you guys then or some other kind of way of connecting. Because I think the point of this, finding a way to make it right, is modeling to them that sometimes you can't just say, I'm sorry to the kid on the playground who you kicked in the chin. You have to say, what can I do to make this better? What can I do to make you feel better? Yeah. Maybe it is a hug. Maybe it's extra time. Maybe it's, do you want to be my partner in... The only thing I can think of is a three-legged race, which why would you be doing that on the playground? But you know what I mean. Because you're an 80s baby. <laughs> 80s baby, baby. 80s baby. Three-legged race. Who wants in? <laughs> Potato sack. Who's down? Egg. Egg race. Yep. I'm in. I love it. <laughs> so resist the urge to buy them a toy, but model for them in that moment ways that you can make it right. Would me giving you a big hug right now make you feel better? You know, after you've apologized, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And here's some reminders. Obviously, apologizing is a great teaching tool for them to learn how they can apologize to someone else when they make their own mistakes. It also strengthens our relationship. Our kids need to see honesty and integrity in our relationship. Big, bold print on honesty. That's why we're apologizing sincerely. We're being honest with them. I made a mistake. That's vulnerable. Blair, you said it earlier. That's really vulnerable. Yeah. And on the flip side of that is something I have done before. 
which is blame and shame are never part of an apology. And really? David and I just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so David, my husband and I call it the blame, shame, guilt game. Cause that's the cycle. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's not for me part of an apology. Sometimes it's like I have this thing in my head that I can't control, which is like he needs to learn that his words affect people, that his actions affect people. Mm-hmm. But I forget sometimes that he's a pretty sensitive little guy. Well, this is kind of becoming more clear as he's getting older. He's on the older end of our demographic here. But even when he was little, because mm-hmm. I would I don't think I blame him. I'm like, oh, you made us late for the park or whatever. He didn't. I'm the parent. I'm in charge. But like it's a cycle that I've gotten caught in a couple of times. And I encourage you all to try not to. I'm sorry that I yelled. If you weren't <laughs> acting like such a little jerk, <laughs> I wouldn't have had to yell, right? So we're shaming them for their behavior as part of our apology. That's not an apology. Yeah. That's the opposite. But how do we make them aware of the behavior? Because it is sometimes, let's be real, real. I know. Sometimes the fact that I have to tell you to put your jacket on 589 times is going to lead me to raise my voice. But you're leading you to raise your Just voice. Just do it. You're unable to control your voice. What? That's me. I'm telling you this. We talk about this. I'm shining the spotlight on your behavior, Blair, because God forbid I shine it on myself and have to admit... God forbid. ...that I also do that. <laughs> but yes. I mean, it's like, how do you... That's like, it's so human nature. Is it human nature? Are the, I want to meet the person who can say to their children 589 times calmly to put their jacket on. And not lose their sugar nights everywhere. You could just do what I do in a moment of panic, which is to take away things in the future that they're looking forward to. <laughs> oh, that is me. Forget it. Do you know how many times Santa was not showing up here? No. You, oh, yeah. I'm Blair. the worst. <laughs> Santa's not coming. I'm calling Santa right now. You know what I even did? You want to know? Here's a mistake. Don't do this, parents. I found on the internet, because you can find everything on the internet, a screenshot of like Santa with a number underneath it. No. (laughs) A phone number, but it was like an image. And I screenshot it, okay? And I pretended like I was on the phone and I showed them. I was like, I got him. Hey, Santa, what's up? Yeah, no, we're sitting here at dinner and they're not listening. They're not sitting in their seat. Well, your kid's like, I, but I thought he could see us when we're sleeping. He knows when we're awake. He's always watching. Oh, that went all out the window because the fear. Once they saw like I had proof that I was on the phone with them, it turned into mayhem, bedlam. My three-year-old's like, no, no, hang it up, hang it up. My six-year-old's like, is this real? Is this really real? You've had his phone number the whole time. I'm like, yep. I'm like, sit down, eat your dinner, knock it off. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. Sometimes we have tools at our disposal. Sometimes we should use them. Sometimes we shouldn't. And we all make the mistakes. Hey, this episode is about mom mistakes. Made a mistake. Yeah, it did. (laughs) I did it. And also we all have those. Yeah. Hey, I'm forgiving you, Blair. I hope you forgive yourself. You're like, what do I have to forgive myself for? It worked. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like a charm. Like a charm. We will be right back, everybody. Feel like you're the martyr in your family. 
You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hey, hey, we're back on Toddler Purgatory talking about the mistakes we make. It's real fun. It's real fun. I wouldn't know. I don't make too many of them. I've already forgiven myself, and therefore they're dead to me. (laughs) What can I do? Another one of the suggestions for how do we amend our, the mistakes we make is root out the trigger if it's a pattern. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Because sometimes you just make a one-off mistake. Yeah. Sometimes you just shout when you shouldn't and it breaks your kid's heart briefly and you apologize and you tell them it's okay for them to feel sad about your behavior and give them a hug and you can kind of move on a little bit, right? With the sincerity and honesty. However, if you're having a problem controlling your voice, yes. if you're having a problem, if you're fi- seeing a pattern, you're leaving your kid <laughs> at daycare half an hour too late, three times a week, then you need to root out what that thing is right. that's happening. Right. We need to ruthlessly deal with the trigger that leads to our mom mistakes. That's, and you know what? That's like, I don't know. That is... Part of that homework that we have to do, this is part of the work in being a mom, right? The things that so come naturally to us that we're just like, we can figure it out. We can handle it. But, you know, we can keep that ball in the air. Yeah. And then this is the part where it's like, oh, wait, there is actually some homework that you need to do, Blair, in order to make this, the situation better, in order to really keep at least this part of their lives out of therapy. Yeah. It's the work we have to do on our own. I, I agree. And getting underneath it. And I know for me, even as I mentioned before, the whole homework thing, that's how I dealt with it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like my parents got frustrated with me. And so sitting something about it instantly, it doesn't even like, I never go into homework like, yay, let's do homework, you know? Yeah. I usually go into homework like, all right, we got to get this done. Okay. 
right? I hated homework. I should change that. I hate it. Who likes homework? But I need to change that, right? Maybe see it in as an opportunity to see what my kids learned that day. And also, like, he's not me. Yeah. He's not me sitting at the table in 1992, you know, like losing my mind over algebraic equations. You know what I mean? Like, that's not it, Blair. Like, calm down. We're reading The Clever Monkey. Knock it off. (laughs) First of all, tell me more about this clever monkey. Such a good story. But you're right. That I think that trigger of a pattern we learned in childhood is a biggie. That's a biggie. And it's about acknowledging, recognizing, maybe you do it in therapy, maybe you do it on your own. Yes. That, you know, it's just like that episode we did about different parenting styles. Mm-hmm. And just say to yourself, maybe one of your mantras is, my family is mine. My family is mine. My family is mine. I do not, I have the power it's friggin' hard, but I have the power to break the cycle of what I learned in my family growing up. And this family's different. This is how we're going to do things in this family. And try to release yourself from that trigger. And my kid is not me. And I think yes. that that goes with a lot of things. You know, like, I know a lot of people, when it comes to things they never accomplished, you know, mm. or things that they always wanted to do, or things that you want your kid, like, sometimes I push my kids to do creative things or, you know... I don't really push them towards doing acting. I'm like, no, let's let's stay away from that. It's a little too tough. But like, you know, things that I enjoy and I'm just like, wait a minute. My kid's not me. Yeah. My kid's not me. So my family's mine and my kid. My kid is not me. Like, this can be different. Other little triggers can include, there might be a certain misbehavior that your kid does that makes you nuts. Physical issues. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Take a step back. How's my kid's sleep been? Oh my gosh. My son came into the bed at 9 p.m. the other night. Came in and was like, I'm going to lay down with mama. And I was like, what? Okay, fine. Um, are they hungry? You know, are they in a growth spurt like that I didn't recognize the other day? So try and root out that trigger to help you and your kid. They say when we identify the triggers, we can eliminate them or exchange them for a healthy response. Okay. Now, that's interesting to me. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not just about eliminating the triggers. It's about exchanging them for a healthy response to those triggers. My therapist says this all the time. She's like, you have to think about it differently and you have to turn it around. You have to turn it around. You have to think about it in a different way and respond to it differently. She's like, that's the only way that your brain is going to be able to like, just like the simplicity of how a brain works if you simply do it or think about it differently, the natural chemicals in your brain are going to be like, beep, boop, 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 boop. okay, okay, cool. All right, we're going to do it this way now. Okay, cool. Let me tell you something. That's real hard in the moment. That's real hard, period. Because your right brain, your creative brain, your emotional side is running the show. Always. It doesn't want to respond in a, in a logical way. It wants to respond in an emotional way. So it's just like how my dad helped me to uh, stop crying. <laughs> just stop crying. He said, stop crying. No, just kidding. He said, (laughs) you got to switch into your left brain. He said, one of the things he told me to do, one of the tricks, is to count prime numbers. So like, Uh, see, simple. Except for if you can't remember them, because then your brain has switched over to the left brain and it's searching for your memory of prime numbers. And guess what happened? You stopped crying. Stop crying. And also, what are prime numbers? They're the ones that can only be divisible by themselves in one. Goodbye. <laughs> That's going to make me start crying. <laughs> I believe it's like, I can't remember. I think two is one of them, but it's one, two, three, five, seven, eleven, 
13, 17, 19. Okay, Einstein. 20. We get it. Okay, I know what a prime number is. Jeez. But let me tell you something. It works. The other day, my son couldn't get to sleep because his brain was just too, his imagination was at an all-time high, etc. We had a, hot, a lot going on, fun stuff, and he couldn't wind down. And so I had, he is learning now um, counting by twos and counting by fives. And so I said, count by twos to 400. <laughs> I just spit on the microphone just, when I laughed. Just do it. Just do it. Just try it. And he was like, 400? I go, I said, D, if you can do it to 20... Oh, no, if you can do it to 98, you can do it to 400. Like, that's, you're just putting 100 and, you know, whatever in front of it. And I walked away and I went and brushed my teeth or something and I came back and he was asleep. Because I made his imagination take a break. Yeah. And he switched over into the other side of his brain. And guess what counting by twos is? Boring. (laughs) So boring. And it helped him. Although I can do that a lot easier than... (laughs) Prime numbers. Figuring out prime numbers. Forget it. (laughs) (laughs) And the final thing, after we've identified the triggers, given ourselves a reason why we had this reaction, we've apologized for it honestly, etc. Then go back to the beginning. The first thing was let go of your guilt. The last thing is let go of your guilt. Move on. Now it's time to move on. Because you know what? Your kid probably already has. More than likely. Yeah. (laughs) More than likely. So it's okay. Try to let it go. Don't be like Molly Lloyd. Wake up at 2.30 in the morning thinking about it. (sighs) So. Molly, I do it too. Don't worry. Let me tell you, it's... Ugh. I'm good at it. I'm actually really, really good at it. You know what? It's one of my strengths. Yeah. So making this cycle of mistakes and repairs be part of your life, working that muscle like anything else, it's a muscle. The doctor from Boulder says, what this offers our children is the freedom to be real, full-blown, imperfect humans. If you don't mind, I'm going to read this whole paragraph, Blair, because it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, please do. She says, children who are given permission to make mistakes actually grow up making fewer stupid ones. Truly, this is because they learn from their mistakes rather than developing a sense of shame. This also reminds our kids that they can trust us to love them unconditionally, that our love is not dependent on their performance. And this contributes to their ability to love themselves unconditionally, which is a major key in mental health. Finally, this mistake and repair experience helps our children to be fully seen by us, which is incredibly important in healthy bonding and attachment. (sighs) So figuring out how to open our hearts, be vulnerable, admit that we're not always right, apologize sincerely for it, get down on their level, you know, I made a mistake. It shows them that they are allowed to say that to us Mm -hmm. and we're still going to love them. Yeah, I like the idea of like mistake and repair Mm -hmm. or just the idea of just like repair You can repair it. It's okay. You can repair it. And if it's done in like that honest, and you know, I mean, even as a, you know, 42, 40, how old? I don't forget. You're in your mid to late, early 40s. My mid to late, early 40s. (laughs) I appreciate a sincere apology. I appreciate a little bit of repair. I appreciate an explanation. I appreciate a big hug. (laughs) Yeah. An honest apology is so disarming. Oof. Ain't it though? It like peels my, sh- the shield that I have built up from whatever pains or, you know, things I've been through in my life. All the stuff. It melts away. Mm-hmm. It's like the amount of vulnerability at the same time as strength that it takes to truly admit you've done something wrong is incredibly moving to me. It comes at you like, it's almost like a beam of light that just cuts right through you when it comes at you. It's undeniable and it's like, oh, this is real. Yeah. We're having a very real moment. Yeah, and you are disarmed. 
And that's the point. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness comes much more quickly when you've dropped your shield. For sure. And all your kid wants is to connect with you and hug you and be on the same page as you and continue that bonding that we've been doing since our babies were born. Remember that? You know, if we had the privilege of being able to be with our children from the moment they were born, you know, perhaps all we've been wanting to do is make sure that we are their safe space. (laughs) And this continues to teach them that we are. Mm. Damn, if I wasn't human, though. Jeez, that often creeps up in there. Yes. It's pretty wonderful. So what are our takeaways? I'm very moved by this. I think that my takeaways for sure are to, I need to kick up the modeling of self-forgiveness. I'm with you. Make sure that my mistakes aren't that big a deal and I don't call myself a dummy or dumb or how can you be so dumb? Oh, you idiot. That's what I do. I say you idiot to myself. Or sometimes I say something else. Oopsies. Rhymes with smash mole. <laughs> oh, Smash Mole. That's that game you play at arcades with the paddle and you smash the moles in the head, right? So that's, I think, my biggest takeaway is that I'm going to take the pressure off myself to be perfect and to make my mistakes and to show my kid I'm okay with myself making mistakes. And when I'm dealing with making mistakes towards them, hurting them in some way, I'm going to, since I think I already do this, I sincerely apologize. I say what I did wrong. And I'm going to increase that repair cycle too. go in for the big hug, tell them what can I do to make up for this or, you know, that kind of thing. Connect with them in some way after what would make you feel better. I know it's OK to feel sad. It's OK to feel mm-hmm. upset by this. Would a hug make you feel better? All right, then let's hug. Right. Would going back to the game feel better? All right, let's go back to the game. But you're right. That would be fun. Right. Whatever. Acknowledge it. Whatever they need. How would you feel about a 14 mile jog around <laughs> around the block? Do you like marathons? <laughs> How about yourself, Blair? How has this episode changed your life? No pressure. I just like the idea of just like mistake and repair. Like Mm -hmm. give yourself the space to like, okay, make the mistake. Okay, we've done that. Now repair it. What can you do to repair it? And then move on. And always go back to it and move on. That's it too. And not try to (laughs) let it keep me up at night. Especially because now we've learned that mistakes are making our kids stronger. Yes. And not calling myself a smash mole. Yes. Exactly. Thank you all so much for being here today. I hope you have some good takeaways from this episode as well. Check us out on toddlerpurgatory.com. Drop us a line and we'll see you next time on Toddler Purgatory. Take it easy. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, 
is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 